السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما رسائد الرسالة اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد Almighty Allah سبحانه وتعالى describes his beloved Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم in the Quran by the following أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم لقد جاءكم رسول من أنفسكم عزيز عليه ما عنتم حريص عليكم بالمؤمنين رؤوف الرحيم الله سبحانه وتعالى says لقد جاءكم رسول من أنفسكم that indeed a messenger has come to you from amongst you عزيز عليه ما عنتم it is severely painful for him the grievance that you experience severely pains him. The difficulties that you experience are extremely painful for him to know of and to witness. Azizun anitum, harisun alaykum, and he is he desires that which is best for you. He desires that which is best for you, Wabil Mu'minina Raufur Rahim, and he's very compassionate, kind, and merciful with the believers. This is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the Quran. Let us take this ayah and understand. From the many meanings and the reasons and the wisdom of saying that a messenger has come to you from amongst you. Allah has sent to you and a messenger has come to you from amongst you. One of the reasons, one of the lessons that we can derive. If we were to look at a small synopsis and an overview of the life of the Prophet ﷺ, when he came into this world, he had lost his father already. So he was an orphan. At the age of six, he lost his mother. He saw his mother passing away in front of his eyes. Then he moved on and lived with his grandfather, who also passed away when he was at the age of eight, two years later. He went into the care of his uncle Abu Talib, during which he then got married to his wife, first love of his life, Khadija radiallahu anha, who gave birth to most of his children. And then he witnessed his wife passing away, his uncle who was his only support passing away, all of his children passed away besides Fatima radiallahu anha in his lifetime. And then he decided after all of this tragedy, sadness, emotions, having to deal with all of this stress, he decided let me go and reach out to some other people who are related to me distantly, maybe they will answer the call. So then he went to Ta'if and you know what happened in Ta'if? How the Prophet ﷺ was abused. How the Prophet ﷺ was neglected. How the Prophet ﷺ was demoralized. How the Prophet ﷺ was chased by these individuals. And then eventually he came back and he migrated to Medina Munawwara. 
And when he migrated, one of the things that he did, he made a peace treaty with some of the people that were already living there. That if a case ever arises that we in Medina get attacked, we'll become allies and we'll support each other. Only to find that sometime down the line, when the Muslims were attacked, these very people betrayed him, stabbed him in the back, and they proved to be treacherous. This is just something that we can see, and there are many other incidents like this. Why am I mentioning this? Allah is saying a messenger has come to you from amongst you, meaning most of the pains, most of the difficulties, most of the challenges that you will experience in your life, your messenger has gone through them already. So when you approach the messenger وسلم, with a problem of yours, he can tell you, been there, done that, this is the advice. The Messenger وسلم, went through almost, if not all, most types of things, losing a beloved, losing a child in infancy. These are tragic moments. The loss of parents, the loss of the wife, being neglected, being abandoned, being betrayed, being abused physically, being abused verbally, emotional abuse, all of this that we can think of. The Prophet ﷺ went through every challenge that you can imagine over here. So he can say, been there, done that, this is the way you need to deal with it. So the Prophet ﷺ, so this is one, the first part of the ayah, that he's been through these trials himself. Number two, the Quran then says, Azizun alayhi ma anittu. The grief that you experience, the pain that you feel, and the down moments that you have, they cause a lot of grief to him. It pains him severely. He doesn't want to see you in that condition. And he relates to you. He can tune into your emotions. He gets you. He understands you. You know, people say, no one understands me. No one knows what I'm going through. Well, if there's anyone who understood you, it was the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He, Allah is saying, Azizun alayhi ma anittum. He definitely, if no one gets you, he got you. He tunes in into you. He understands your pain and he's grieved by it as well. It severely pains him. Azizun alayhi ma anittum. And we find that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was so emotionally tuned into every member of his community that even the tree came to him for consolation. Even the camel came to him for What did they see in this messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that you and I are not seeing? A camel, a tree, even they came in their down moments straight to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they poured their hearts out. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam knew exactly exactly what to do with them, what to say to them, how to deal with them, and how to calm them and help them overcome this down moment as a human people were experiencing. These were trees and animals, and even those were treated and given a special type of the prophetic therapy by the Prophet Every individual, and not just the adults, 
we always hear of the name of Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu anhu. Anas ibn Malik served the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam for 10 years. He was a young child when he came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away, he was still very young. So we're, we're talking about, he's around the age of 10. On one occasion, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi Anas ibn Malik was a very jolly kind of character. You always hear him playing around and being very sort of, he's got this huge smile and he's narrating these incidents from the household of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Once the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam sent him on an errand and he says that, he told me, go and do this. So I went and halfway on the journey, on the way to complete the errand, I, I saw some children playing. So I started playing with them as well. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam came behind me and he touched me on my ear and he said, Anas, like, uh, is this where you're supposed to be? And he, 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 he made a joke out of it. He, he shared his sense of humor. So this was Anas. But on this particular occasion, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam saw Anas and he was sad. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam picked up on this. He picked up on this. He didn't ignore it. He didn't say, oh, just get over it. It's okay. Like, what's the big deal? Like, what's that to be sad about? These are the comments that we give to our children. Like, what's the big deal? It's only a picture. It's only a drawing. Oh, we'll get another one. We'll, we'll buy another one. A big deal. This, it's, to you, it's not a big deal. But to somebody else, it's a big deal. And you and I might not understand this, but the Messenger of Allah وسلم, teaches us to validate people's feelings. If somebody's feeling something, that's them feeling it. Just because you're not feeling it, that doesn't mean it's not true. Many of us, unfortunately, if we've not been through something, if we're not feeling it, we become close to it. We almost deny its existence. We belittle somebody for feeling in a certain way. But if they're feeling like that, if they're in pain, if something's bothering them, well, what did the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he saw Anas sad. He says, Anas, this is not you. There's something wrong. What's the matter? Is yes, O Messenger of Allah, my brother. Now he's talking about his brother. So it's not even Anas now. Anas is saying, My brother, whose name was Abu Umair. How old was he? Like four-year-old kid? Three, four-year-old child. Because my younger brother, he had a pet bird. And the bird has died. His pet bird died. So he's really sad. And because of his sadness, I'm also sad. Now the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam picked up on this emotion. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to Anas, come on, let's go. And he took out time from his busy schedule and he visited this young child and he went to Abu Umar, three, four-year-old child. His, his pet bird has died. It's like imagine your child, their toy is broken or something. They're broken, the toy is broke or a pet bird has passed away or a fish has died for example the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam takes out time from his busy schedule being the messenger and the rasul of allah the imam of the ummah and he took out time and he went to this young boy abu umair and the words of the hadith are absolutely mind-blowing and he went to this young child he took out the time he recognized and validated this child's feelings and he, he embraced him, said, come here. And he said to him, Ya Aba Umair, ma fa'alan nughayr. Ya Aba Umair, ma fa'alan nughayr. He gave that child time. He listened to him. And he gave him time. 
he validated his feelings. He went down to his level. He said, oh, Abu Umair, what's happened to your bird? Tell me, talk to me about it. Don't brush it under the... We brush things under the carpet. We brush things under the carpet. That's why we don't have closure. When we go through things and difficulties, whether it's your son, it's your daughter, it's your sister, it's your auntie, and if we don't come out with these things, don't talk about these things, look up the hadith of the Prophet He didn't think, oh, it's a sensitive topic. The child is down at the moment. Let's not talk about the bird. Let's talk, oh, it's, 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 it's a nice sunny day today, isn't it? And this is how we are, very fake, pretentious, and trying to just cloud things over as if nothing's happened. The Prophet addressed it. He saw the child. First of all, he validated his feelings. And he understood the child is going through a difficult time. He sat down with the child and he said, Ya Aba Umair, ma fa'alan nughair. He said, O oh kid, O oh Abu Umair, what's happened to your bird? Tell me about it. And imagine the child being able to freely pour his heart out to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam then consoling him. And this is how the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam won the loyalty of everybody around him, especially the children, especially the children. We're complaining. My child doesn't listen to me. When I come into the room, the child walks out. My, why is it my son or my daughter doesn't? He talks to his mom, but he doesn't talk to me. Why is this happening? When his friends are around, he's fine. She's fine. But with us, they seem very closed. Sometimes we don't realize we are the ones who have caused this to happen because of our approach, because of us not understanding and relating to them. And thus many children then referring to and saying that the greatest bullies in my life are my own parents. You might not be physically beating them up, but we're emotionally shattering, shattering them and not giving them chance to grow. Look at the Messenger How did he build an emotional capacity within his own children? That his kids became so loyal to him that they loved him to bits. We find in one hadith, the mother of the believers, Aisha radiallahu anha, she came to the daughter of the Prophet وسلم, Fatima after the Prophet وسلم, passed away and said, Oh Fatima, before my husband, before the Prophet وسلم, passed away and he was in his final moments, he whispered something to you and you started to cry. And then he whispered something to you and you started to laugh. Tell me what that was. None of us heard it, but I saw your reaction. Tell me what it was. What did she say? said, my father whispered in my ears that he's about to pass away. And this made me cry. He's not passed away yet. But he's told me this. And this is how emotionally attached she was. And do you know how he consoled her? How he consoled her? He said, well, why did you laugh? He said, well, my father told me that from amongst my whole family, I will be the first person to die and meet him in the, in the hereafter. Imagine telling somebody, he consoled his daughter by informing her of her death. She was so attached to her father that that made her laugh. That made her forget her pain. That and the Prophet knew exactly what to say. Do you know why? Because he was totally tuned in. Totally tuned in. How did he achieve this? Do you know how he achieved this? And it's not the large and the bigger things. You don't have to go and go and buy them something really great. 
It's the small things that matter. Whenever Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha would visit the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the hadith says that was his daughter. Do you know what he would do? And he would do it every single time. And this is what made the difference. He validated people. He tuned in to them. He was understanding them emotionally. It wasn't just about what grade did you get? Did you pass or did you fail? Did you get 10 out of 10? It wasn't about that. We are obsessed with grades. We are obsessed with progress. We are obsessed with achievement, which is important. But do we ever ask our children how they feel? Do they feel sad? Are they frightened? Is there anything that's worrying them? Are they excited about anything? That's their human side. The academic side, well, you, you, get, you get some good days, you get bad days. You get those that progress and those that progress slowly. Everyone makes some kind of progress. But there's a human side to your child. And the Prophet ﷺ recognized that. When Fatima would come to the house of the Prophet ﷺ, the hadith says he would stand up to welcome her himself. He would stand up from his place, stop what he is doing, and he would get up from his place to welcome her. Number two, he would embrace her and give her a hug and welcome her. Marhaban. Welcome. Welcome. And number three, the hadith mentions he would seat her in his place. He would seat her in, he would get out from his place and come, Fatima, come and sit here in the place of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Imagine what that did for her self-confidence. Imagine what that did for her esteem. Imagine how good she felt inside. Whereas you and I, are the ones that are shattering the confidence of our children by calling them maybe fat, calling them, oh, you don't even fit into your clothes anymore. Oh, you're so lazy. You're so clumsy. You're, you're so this. You're so... Imagine if this is what our children are hearing from the individuals that are supposed to love them the most, mom and dad, the most supposed to be the most beloved people to you. And from the time they wake up till they go to sleep, that's all they're hearing. Ahmed across the road, he got 10 A stars. What have you done? This is what we're constantly comparing. Children are growing up in our households feeling that I'm not good enough for my parents. So why should I talk to them? Why should I tell them anything personal about my life? Why should I open up to my mom and dad? Because as soon as I speak, they're going to snap at me. I can't be myself around my own parents because they don't validate my feelings. They don't see me for who I am. So I have a double life. Many children are saying this today. So in front of their parents, there's somebody and behind their back there's somebody else. The children and the women and the people around the messenger وسلم, didn't have to lie. They didn't have to pretend when they were around him. Because the Prophet ﷺ understood each individual for who they were. He validated their feelings. As we see by Sayyida Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anham. He understood the pain of people. Harisun alaykum, the Quran says. Harisun alaykum. He desired and he wanted what's best for you. This was the Messenger ﷺ. So much so that once a camel, a camel came grunting to the Prophet. ﷺ. So this camel's grunting away. 
And the Prophet ﷺ consoles the Kamal. And the Kamal speaks to the Messenger of Allah. This is in the hadith. And the Kamal complains about its master. And he says, my master overworks me. He doesn't feed me. He doesn't allow me time, spare time. He overworks me and I am extremely exhausted and tired. And the Prophet ﷺ, he approached the master. And he said to him, that sell this camel to me. And the master became embarrassed. He says, oh, Messenger of Allah, how can I sell something to you? Have it. You have it. Take it. I, I don't want to sell it to you. You can have it. After saying this, he realized, hang on a second. If I sell my camel, what am I going to ride on? So he became embarrassed now. Now, this feeling of embarrassment, the Prophet ﷺ picked up on it straight away. He didn't exploit him by saying, oh, you've already given it to me now, so you can't charge me. He picked up on it straight away. So the Prophet ﷺ said to him, oh, leave the camel, it's fine. You leave the camel with you. But just remember that when you ride the camel, make sure you give it time to eat and to drink. And when you're not riding it, then get off the camel and let it graze. Because these camels, they, 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 they have a life as well. They have feelings as well. So treat it properly. So even the camel came for consolation to the Prophet ﷺ. And we can try and relate to it. I mean, if you were to see today somebody in pain, someone's crying. You're passing by and you see somebody crying. How would you react to it? What would you do? Society around us teaches us now. And we've been programmed in such a way to mind your own business. Mind your own business. It's their problem. Whereas the Prophet وسلم, and Islam teaches us the total opposite. The Prophet وسلم, said, It is more beloved to me to walk with my brother, to fulfill in, at the time of need. It is more beloved to me to walk with my brother, to fulfill his need, than spending a whole month of atikaf in Masjid Nabawi. Imagine in Masjid Nabawi, month of Ramadan, a whole month of atikaf, the Prophet wasallam said, it is more beloved to me, I would rather walk with my brother or my sister who is in need and help them out at their time of need, in their down moments, when they're at a dark place, when they don't know what to do with their life. Me giving them support, whether it be morally, financially, or just by being an ear and listening to them. That's much more beloved to me than spending a whole month of atikaf in the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ. I want to conclude today on a hadith. And we're going to analyze this hadith and we're going to see. And what we're going to see is the emotional intelligence of the Prophet ﷺ. These are things that people are talking about over the last couple of years. We find that our sunnah, our sharia, the seerah is filled with these teachings. Last week we spoke about racism or anti-racism. I mean, we don't need the, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement to teach us these things. We're not dependent on these movements. Yes, we agree with a lot of their sentiments. But tomorrow they could stand up and do something anti-Islam. We're not dependent on them. These morals, these values, were taught to us by our religion, which we forgot. So similarly, these kind of things which are being talked about now more than ever before, they all present in our Sharia, in our Seerah, the beloved Seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
Look at the emotional intelligence of the Prophet ﷺ. How tuned he was into every individual. One example. Once the Prophet ﷺ called his wife, Aisha. And he, he summoned her. Now she was on the other side. He said, Aish, come here. He didn't say Aisha. He called her by her nickname. He says, Aish, come over here. And she came right next to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now there's nobody else in the room. She says, he then whispered into my ear. There's nobody else around. So one, he's, he's called her by her nickname. Aish, come here. She comes right next to him. And she, he whispers into her ear. And he said to her, Aish, I know when you're happy with me. And I know when you're angry with me. I know when you're happy with me. And I know when you're angry with me. And she was like, like how, how, how do you know that? How would you figure that out? And he said, when you're angry with me and you need to take an oath, you say, I take an oath in the Lord of Ibrahim that I will do such and such a thing or such and such a thing will happen. And when you're happy with me, you say, I take an oath in the name of the Lord of Muhammad that I will do such a thing or such and such a thing will happen. Now, this was the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the response given by Aisha radiallahu anha, she said, O messenger of Allah, although I might not say your name with my tongue, but your love is still present in my heart. In those moments of anger, I might not mention your name, but I still really love you with my heart. Now, this is a short, small hadith, a small glimpse into the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So many lessons can be extracted just from here. First of all, we understand the emotional intelligence of the Prophet ﷺ. Emotional intelligence, three parts to emotional intelligence. Number one, to recognize your own emotions. Number two, to recognize the emotions of the opposite person. And number three, with this knowledge, to arrive to a desired position in that relationship. A desired outcome. This is what emotional intelligence is. How did the Prophet ﷺ apply this over here? Number one. First of all, we learn from this hadith that the Prophet ﷺ recognized the emotions of his wife. He was so in tuned that he didn't ignore, he validated her happiness and her anger. He recognized her emotions. The, f the first thing. Uh, so what he does, what does the Prophet ﷺ do over here? Number one, he created a special moment. Now we think special moments, we have to go out on a date. You have to go abroad somewhere. It has to be something exotic. The Prophet ﷺ created a special moment within the house. He could have spoke to her from across the room. Aisha, listen, this is what I need to tell you. No, he called her over. And after calling her over, he didn't just speak to her, he whispered into her ear to make it a special moment that he's going to say something very special. So number one, he creates a special moment. Number two, he used a very loving nickname. He could have just called her Aisha, but he didn't. He called her Aish, meaning my life. Mirijan, Aish, okay? My, my darling, my sweetheart. Whatever you want to use, he'll use a very loving, sweet name, uh, 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 nickname. And he said, O Aish, this is, this is in the hadith. So he called her by O Aish. Number three, he showed Aisha, his wife, that he pays attention to her emotions. He's fully attentive to her feelings and fully attentive 
towards her emotions. Number four, the Prophet allowed his wife to express happiness and he allowed his wife to express anger. In our households generally, I'm talking about Asians, I don't know about other communities, but generally within Asians, we suppress emotions, we suppress feelings. If someone's feeling angry about something, we don't allow them to express it. What happens? Resentment builds inside and it builds until a person just blows. The Prophet ﷺ did not suppress the anger of his wife. Saying, How dare you speak to me like that? How dare you complain about something in this house? No, she was allowed to express her anger and then he's gone. And he allowed it. One, on one occasion, the Prophet ﷺ had a guest, he had Sahaba coming. In the other, on the other side of the room, Aisha radiallahu anha, she was really angry. Plates were being smashed. The hadith mentions plates of food were being smashed. And the Prophet didn't doubt his masculinity, thinking I'm going to be less of a man if I admit to this, that in my house, my wife gets angry and sometimes she gets out of control. And the Prophet said to the Sahabi, oh, don't worry about it. Your mother is upset. Like let her be, she's upset. It's a human, it's a human feeling. It's a human, let her be it. You can't suppress somebody when they're trying to express themselves. Otherwise you'll never understand who they really are. And once it's, if, if it doesn't come out, you've not let it come out, there'll be no closure. And it'll just build up. And there's a build up of this. And the build up, build up. And then a time comes when a person just explodes and bursts. They have a nervous breakdown. They feel suicidal. They have all of these problems. And then we've got depression. And you want to go to therapy. You want to go for counseling. And nothing's working now. Because it's been so many years of undermining people's feelings and not being validated. So the Prophet ﷺ, he let her express anger, let her express herself and be herself. And the Prophet ﷺ also showed her that he was very attentive to her words. How many times has it happened? I'm sure it's happened with many of you that your wife's talking maybe five, six, seven, eight minutes. You're watching TV, you're on your phone, you're reading a newspaper or you're busy doing something. And she's been going on now for the last five minutes, seven minutes. And then she, she goes, are you listening? And you go, yeah, yeah. Were you listening to it? Yeah, yeah I, 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 I was listening the whole way. Right, repeat what I said. That's it, you're done now. And you're not able to. The Prophet ﷺ is telling his wife, I am very attentive to your words. Words. I know when you're happy with me and when you're angry with me. And he's to before this incident would arise, he وسلم, told her, these are the words that you use. These are the words that you use. And I end with mentioning the final point is when the Prophet وسلم, said this to Aisha and Aisha anha said, Oh Prophet of Allah, I know I don't mention your name at times with my tongue, but your love is always in my heart. The Prophet وسلم, allowed her to feel fulfilled by having her, letting her have the final and the last say. And this is something, there's two occasions when a person's angry, if you've got a very flimsy ego in anger, then this also happens. Why do our arguments never end? Why do our arguments, they start and it's never ending because each person wants to have the last say. No, but it wasn't me. It was you. No, no, it was your fault. 
allowing others to have the last say so they feel fulfilled. One of the sunnah methods of the Prophet ﷺ, he allowed Aisha to, he could have turned around and said, well, my love for you is greater. She said, the O Prophet of Allah, my love, although I might not say it with my tongue, but your love is always in my heart. And he could have said, okay, you might love me with your heart, but I love you to the moon and back. He could have said that, but he didn't. He let her have the last say. Having the last say doesn't mean you're the winner. Having the last say doesn't mean that you're victorious. But allowing the opposite person to have the last say is you allowing them to feel fulfilled, which is a sunnah method of the Prophet ﷺ. Go back to when you got married first and those first phone calls that you were making to your wife. Uh, you put it down. No, you, you put the phone down. No, you put it down first. You put the phone down first. Allowing the opposite person to have the last say in a relationship. This was the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam allowing others to feel fulfilled, giving self-confidence, whether it's your wife, whether it's your children, whether it's the people around you. This is why every person around him felt that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam loved them the most. This is your messenger. This is your Habib. This is Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In this blessed month of Rabi'il Awwal, I pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to be inspired more and more by the seerah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.